Okay, good evening everybody and welcome. Tonight's class is titled The Wings of a Mitzvah, Love and Fear. We're going to begin tonight, chapter 40. I want to start off with a quote we'll get to later from the Gemara and Tractate Pesachim, the tractate all about the festival of Pesach. Page 50, side A. We don't have too many stories of people that were in heaven and gave testimony of what they saw. We have a few, a few <laughs> such stories. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. <laughs> Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi had a son who was deaf, who, I'll quote the words of the Gemara, he, he, was, he was very sick. Um, here they translate it that he, was, he fell into a trance. Um, Rashi says, Parcharucha, his spirit left his body temporarily, and he went to heaven. Mm. Let me read the Hebrew. The Hebrew is, is, is amazing. Or I should say the Aramaic. Rav Yosef prayed Rav Yeshua ben Levi Cholash. Rav Yosef, the son of Rav Yeshua ben Levi, became sick, visnagid, and he fell into a trance. His soul temporarily left his body. Kihadar, when the salt when he came back, Avuha, his father asked him, he said, My chazis, so what did you see? Amalei, he told him famous words, you may have heard this before from this story. Olam isi. I saw a topsy turvy world. You've heard this expression before? This world is called a topsy turvy expression. If not, then just for this story it was worth it to come tonight. I saw a topsy-turvy world. What does that mean? And he clarified. El yoinim lemata v'tachtoinim lemaila The people that in this world are on top, in heaven they're on the bottom. And the people that are on this world, they look like they're on the bottom. In heaven, they're really on the top. Amalai, so Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi tells his son, Bani, Ilam Baru Raisa, you didn't see a topsy turvy world. You saw the true world. This world is a topsy turvy world. The people we think are real, many times, they're, they're below. So Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi asks his son, he says, Vanan, Hechi Hasam, I want to check in myself. Where do the Torah scholars? Where are they there? You know, here, in this world, they're respected. So are you telling me in the world to come, they're not respected? Mm -hmm. So he says, Ki hechi isu anan hacha, hachi isinan hasam. No, he says, the Torah scholars, they're respected in this world and in the world to come. There's many songs on these words, actually. And he says, Sir Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, his son continues to tell him that in heaven they say, Praise is someone who comes to this, who comes to heaven, who comes to the next world, and he's able to bring his learning with him. Praise is a man who's able to come to this world and bring his learning with him. That's the first quote that he heard in heaven, and a second quote he heard in heaven is, I also heard them say in heaven, That those that were killed 
by the state, no man can stand within their barrier. So just to quickly digress, this is the Gemara asks, Uman Ninhu, this is an interesting quote, people killed by the state, no one can stand, what are you referring to? The Talmud asks, If we're saying we're talking about the ten martyr, martyrs that we talk about on Yom Kippur, and you're saying that no one could come close to their area in heaven, you're saying their only greatness of these ten of these ten people is that they were only their only greatness is that they were martyrs. They 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 were as much there was much greatness around them. So sim, seemingly you're talking about people that their only greatness was that they were martyrs. And still you're saying no one could come close to them. So who are you referring to? Who do they refer to in heaven with this phrase? Ella Haruge Lut. They're talking about these two brothers in the city of Lud. The king's daughter was found dead, and the king said, If you don't tell me that the Jewish people must have done it, and if you don't tell me who did, I'm going to kill all the Jewish people. And two brothers came ahead, and they, they said that they're going to say they killed this, they're going to allow themselves to be killed so the, the rest of the Jewish people should be spared. So in heaven, regarding these two brothers, we say no one could come close to where they are in heaven. Which, by the way, we say similarly, people that, God forbid, were killed in the Holocaust. People that were killed for being a Jew. And just for being a Jew. Remember, the, we're not talking about a, a great Torah scholar that was killed. Their only merit is that they were killed for being a Jew, well, no one could come close to them. If their grandfather was a Jew, they were killed. That's how far back they went. That's right. That's right. So what, what, what they're trying to say here is that that fact alone is, is greater than even <laughs> being a Torah scholar. Yes. Okay. Just the, yes, 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 mm. yes. Mm. Okay, this is the insight, one of the few insights we have into heaven. We have two phrases they say in heaven. Lucky is a man who comes here with his, with his um, learning. They say, there's no one could come close to the area in heaven where those that were killed by, th those that were killed for being a Jew stand. Um, and he also said that just, let's, let's be honest, people that in this world often look prestigious, they're not the prestigious people in heaven. That's our insight. How does this bring us to where we are today? Let me tell you one more quote, and then we'll get into Tanya. So, there's five different types, not different types. We all know of one Megillah. Megillah, which, which Megillah are we familiar? If I say Megillah, what do you think I'm talking about? Megillah Sester. The story, the scroll. Megillah is the scroll of Esther. How many... There's 24 books, if I could use the word of scriptures. We have, five, we have five books of the Torah, and in total we have 24 books of Tanakh. Any questions on that statement? No. There's other Megillahs besides... Hester. So exactly what I wanted to say. Within, within Tanakh, there's five books of Megillah. Five, there's five, five scrolls. Two. 
What are the five? Uh, well, Ruth. Is Ruth. Oh, Ruth. Well, let's start with Esther. Megillas Ruth. Yeah, we call it a Megillah. We have Shir Hashirim, Song of Songs. Oh. Eicha, the, the Megillah that we read on Tisha B'Av, all about the lamenting, the destruction that's going to come. And finally, and that's what I want to talk about tonight, we have the book of Koheles. Hmm. I'm not, I can't pronounce it properly. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, is that you say? Oh, that's it. That, yeah. so, does Megillah just mean... Megillah means a scroll. Just means a scroll. Mm, a scroll. Okay. So there's five different books. Yes. No, it was, it's fine. I'm all ears if you'd like to. No, share. you answered my question. Okay. So in the third sentence of Kohelis, of Ecclesiastes, is that it? Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. I'll, I'll use Kehelis for now, okay? Ecclesiastes is probably a question. Are you with me? I'm with okay, you. Okay, good. I'm with you. In the third verse, the Megillah says another famous word. These, if they're not famous, let's make it famous, okay? My Yisrael la'adam b'chalam What gain is there for a man, or man or woman? What gain is there for a human in all his toil that he works under the sun. What, 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 what gain does he have? You can't take it with you. I, I have to share a story temporarily. I must share it. A rich man from Toronto, I may have shared it because it's an incredible story. But a rich man from Toronto, he passes away. A very rich man. And he tells his children... I only have one thing I ask from you after I pass on, which is to bury me with socks. It's very, very important for, you, for me. This is my last will and testament. I want to be buried with socks. That's easy enough. He passed away, and his children go to the rabbi, and the rabbi says, it's impossible to bury, it's against Torah to bury someone with socks. We yes. cannot do this. Don't this still cover they cover the in, in shrouds right. but uh, everybody's the same no, there's no socks, there's no socks. Right. Okay. I'm not they're like fine let's work this out this is all my dad rabbi says it's impossible if you're asking Torah law if you're asking mm -hmm. Torah law your dad cannot be buried with socks the children were very very heartbroken like, this is all our dad wants. On the, sh on the Shloshim, at the 30th day of gathering, of, of after the, after the, from when their father died, their father wrote a letter to be read then. And he says, I know that the Torah doesn't permit me to be buried with socks, and you didn't bury, them. You didn't bury me with them. I wanted to show you that, thank God, we're blessed with money, but nothing goes with you to the grave. Not even your socks. Hmm. He taught his children a very, very yeah. powerful lesson. Hmm. True story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's what we're learning here. All of your toil. What's the gain? They're working under the sun. So the Gemara in Pesachim tells us, like, tell, me, tell me a little more, what do you mean? So the Gemara says, it 
Devei Rabbi Yana, the yeshiva of Rabbi Yana, said, what's the message of this Pasuk in Koheles? Tachas HaShemesh Hudein Loi Koidem Shemesh Yesh Loi If you're doing work under the sun, if you're working just for money, can't take it with you. But if you go before the sun, the Torah we know was around for 2,000 years before the world was created. So if you're going to work on something, Torah and mitzvot that are before the creation of the sun, then you're going to take something with you. So again, the quote was, there's no gain from what you're working under the sun. And the Gemara is telling us, that's if it's just under the sun. But if you're working from before the sun was created, if you're involved in Torah and mitzvot, that you could take with you. Okay, so we have these two insights. Let's, let's get together. This is, if you want to leave now, I, that's fine if you take these two <laughs> messages. But uh, there's more to come. So let's, let's summarize where we are. We have one story of the son of Rabbi Shubham Levi who passed away and he shares for the context that we want at this moment. Praise is the man who comes to heaven and his Torah is in his hands. Okay, just to quickly finish that statement, meaning it's possible to go to heaven without your Torah. That's what that's where we're going to kind of talk about for a minute. In heaven, they say, "Lucky the man who comes with his Torah in his hands." It's possible to come without Torah. That's point A. Point B is, "Lucky is a person who toils." Sorry, what? Don't waste. Don't waste your time in toil under the sun. And the Gemara says that means that you should toil in something before the sun. And here's where the Zohar is going to kick in. We're going to see the Zohar in a second. The Zohar says, if you do Torah and mitzvot without the proper intention, it's as if it's under the sun. So what's that mean? Like you, like, it's like you've never done it? No, you've done it. But the value is, is greatly diminished. Okay. Kind of like we've been learning until now. Do it, do it, do it. But it's, it's not comparable, the value of the proper intention as without, as without proper intention. Yes, Gershon. So is that, that's what the term under the sun means? That it, it doesn't have pro- proper value? Because it seems like that's comes up a lot here. Yeah, we're good. Sorry, I'm not sharing with you anything novel. I'm just stealing from the Tanya. Correct. You know, let's see it inside. Let's see it inside, Gershon, and if there's any questions, I'll try my best to answer. Okay, here we go. Does that, does that fit, Gershon? Is that okay? Okay. Let's go to the story. Let's, exactly. Chapter 40, page 198. We just finished explaining in Tanya at the end of chapter 39. This comes as a direct continuation. At the end of chapter 39, we said that if you didn't have, in, if you didn't serve Hashem out of fear and love, then your good deeds are stuck in the world. If you look at this picture, we're actually going to talk about this picture in a minute. You have the Torah that was that is without intention is stuck in the world of Yitzira. You see, it's remember the worlds don't have those chains connecting them. So Torah without intention is going to be stuck in the world of Yitzira. Action and speech without intention will be st- stuck in the world of Asiya. 
And what's off the paper is, if you do stuff for your own personal gain, you're learning, you're, le you're learning Torah and mitzvahs to become a big shot, that's off the charts. Then it's not even... Doesn't even count. No, no, it counts. Again, minimal. you did the mitzvah, you've drawn godliness in here, but the godliness is, is very minimal, and it's not able to fly back to its source. But you've, got, you've brought in God into this place. Let's not forget. So if, uh, if you need to force someone to put on tefillin, not force them, God forbid, but if he says, I'm a hypocrite, just don't, don't worry about being a hypocrite. Put on the tefillin. But it's still it very minimal. Something. Absolutely. It means something extremely powerful. But not as powerful as if you do it with everything behind it. However, continues chapter 40, as long as he has not restudied the subject for his own sake, so you learn Torah. Why? Just because that's what I, I've been doing for the last 40 years. I wake up, I get my coffee, and I learn Torah. So you didn't learn Torah for its sake. So his study does not ascend even into the ten sefirot, which shine in the world of Yetzirah and Asiya. So if you've studied, just that's what you do. You're a good guy. You just learn Torah. But it was, it's not for God. It's not with love and fear. So then it's in the world. Let's quote those words, words again. His study does not ascend even into the ten sefirot, which shine in the world of Yetzirah and Asiya. So it's not in the sefirot section. For the sefirot are a category of godliness. And once you've attached them, and in them is closed and united the actual light of the Yain, so blessed is he. Remember, the moment you come to even the lowest level of the sefirot, they're all chained back straight to the eminence, straight to the blessed Ain Sof. And without fear and love, they cannot ascend and stand before God as is written in the Tikkunim. If you don't have fear and love, if it wasn't intentional, it's not able to ascend. Okay, so what happens? So what does happen to your prayer to, and your Torah study? But his study ascends into the Heichalot and abodes, meaning, translation, which are the externalities of the worlds where the angels stand. So the prayer, like you see in this picture, stands in the worlds, but it's not able to go into the Sephirot that is within these worlds. Yes, Gershon, please. Um. When you talk about the externalities of the world wherein the angels stand, and then thinking back to what you were reading a minute ago about the upside-down world, yeah. the angels would not, according to this, I think, the angels would not necessarily have a prominent position in that world. Is that They would be watching from the side. It's they? true, but they still know what's going on. Well, well, let me let me comment. Are you are you saying? Am I am I understanding your your statement that the quote, lucky the quotes that he heard in heaven are coming from angels? Is that where your question is going? How would they have a good insight? Is that what you're no, saying? They, not necessarily the quotes. We, we were you were just describing yeah. his vision yeah. of of the upside down world yeah. for people who are on the bottom here or high up there. Yeah. But here we're reading about. The angels are in the hit hello off to the side. Right. It doesn't seem like they have a very prominent position in in any of these four worlds. Angels cannot come close to the godliness that a human being can can come to. That's one hundred percent. 
interesting to hmm. to see how they pointed out their position. Inter yes, their yes, position. yes. Angels remain in the exterior of the worlds. They're not able to connect to the in to the sphere themselves, and that's because they don't have free choice. You don't. Someone made a comment, and I think it's a true comment. Robots, they could do incredible, incredible things, mm -hmm. but they are, forgive the word, but they're dumb. They only could do whatever you tell them. They could do nothing else. So angels are just, in a sense, pre-programmed. They don't have that free choice, and therefore they don't get that reward. They can't do wrong but they don't have the ability to do, to do wrong. Right. And, and therefore, the, and, and, and they're not going to get that reward. Yeah. yeah. Any other questions? Yes. I did have a question. I don't know if it says it in your version, but in mine it says, um, for as long as he has not restudied that subject for its own sake. Yes, yes. Are you asking a question on that? Well, I think, well, so, so does that mean that, you know, every time we learn something for the first time, it's very, you know, very important. And well, let me just comment. This is coming as a direct continuation of the end of the previous chapter. If you look back at the end of the previous chapter, the first paragraph on the other hand, mm -hmm. it says if a person acts without any particular motivation, skip a, skip a little bit, as soon as he once again learns this subject for its own sake, then even that which he learned without any particular intent attaches itself in a sense on high. In other words, we previously learned that if you study without intent, the next time you study with intent, it goes straight to heaven. But here we're learning, but until you do that, until you're going to study it with intent again, it's stuck in the externalities of the world. Does that help? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're good? So now, Tanya wants to prove the point. I'm not sure. Tanya wants to prove this point that it's possible for your Torah study to get stuck. Perhaps it's a novel idea. I'm not sure. But what's clear is Tanya is going to give us numerous proofs that it's possible for your Torah study to not go with you. It's possible. So first we're going to quote Rabbi Chaim Vital. Thus, Rabbi Chaim Vital of blessed memory writes in Shar Hanavur chapter 2 that from Torah studied without Kavana, angels are created in the world of Yitzira, while from commandments performed without Kavana, angels are created in the world of Asiya. Okay, so like you have on this chart again, Rabbi Chaim Vital is saying, Torah study without Kavana, you're going to, that's why you have the Torah and the world of Yitzira, you're going to create angels there. Are those higher uh, angels and higher angels? So, yes, if you create okay. an angel in Yitzira, it's a greater angel than the world in Asiya. Okay. okay, that's a simple quote of Rabbi Chaim Vital. He's telling us that if you didn't have intention then you're going to create angels that are stuck in the externalities of the world. But there's a little problem with that. Because we're confusing intention and fear and love. I could have intention for what I'm doing. That doesn't mean I'm doing it out of love. Let's just take a simple example. I could intentionally 
buy my wife a birthday cake for his birthday, for her birthday, that doesn't mean it's out of fear and love. It could just be, well, I know that on, on a birthday... <laughs> <laughs> How do you remember your wife's birthday? You forget it once. You forget it once. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's very good. <laughs> so, every year on your wife's birthday, you buy her a cake. It's not out of fear. It's not out of love. It's nothing. So, let's not confuse intention and fear and love. Reb Chaim Vital is using the words intention. So let's, re let's review this for a second. If you, if you don't mind, I'd like to share a little bit of deep thought, but it's a thought of the Rebbe's father, and it's a very, it's a very powerful thought. I, I feel like you'll appreciate it. So if you don't get this, no worries, but I believe you will. Reb Chaim Vital has shared with us that if you've done an action without intention, you've, without intention, to quote his words, you have created angels in the world, in the external parts of Asiya. If you learn Torah study without intention, you've created angels in the external parts of Yitzira. And we're bringing this to prove that if you do things without love and fear, it doesn't connect to the Holy Spirit. That's, that's not adding up. We're confusing intention and love and fear. Yes, Mark? So last week we talked about <coughs> doing stuff out of routine. Exactly. And that if we do stuff out of routine, it's not intentional because it's just routine. And that... Well, here we're saying it could still be intentional. You know what you're doing, but it's not out of, it's not out of love and fear. Okay. Going back to that birthday cake, you know that you're buying your wife a birthday cake. You're intentionally doing it. You went to the store, you spent time on it. But you didn't have any feeling in it. Just that's what you do. You know? That's funny. Did you buy your wife a birthday cake without, without having any I bake her a birthday cake. Oh. He bakes me my favorite cake every year. The question is, do you just do it? Because that's what you did for the last few years. Or... I do it because I love doing it for my wife because it gives her happiness. But you don't fear doing it, right? Yeah, that too. <laughs> so here... I want to... Then let's look at the next few words. All angels are possessed of matter and form. Fascinating words Tanya now says. All angels have, have matter and form. Meaning, they may not be physical, but nonetheless they have the form of the angel, which is more physical, and they have the matter, the more the spiritual part. Because Tanya is telling you that to, when Reb Chaim Vital says that your Torah study without intention isn't he's not talking about without intention he's not talking about that you just know what you're doing because if you did there wouldn't be that matter and form when you create an angel you need the physical and spiritual part to create it that means you need the you need the physical action that's going to help create the more physical form of the angel and you need the intention of it. And Reb Chaim Vital is telling us that even if you have that intention, it still is not enough. You're 
actions are stuck in the externalities of the world. Okay, let's, if you did, should I repeat it again or should we move on? Maybe repeat it. Okay, I'll, re I'll repeat it again. I don't think it's going to change anything. If you it again. <laughs> but I'll repeat it again. <laughs> Angels are made up of a more physical aspect and a more spiritual aspect. When we're creating angels by our deeds, we need to create the physical and spiritual part of them. If we just do the mitzvah without any intention whatsoever, mm -hmm. then we've just created their more physical form, but we haven't given them their soul. So we're responsible. So we're creating crippled angels. So are you saying we create angels all the time? 100%. You ever saw those pictures that when, when we pray, like there's angels being created? Yes. Every, every moment that we're, we're, we say holy words, we're creating angels. And where are all these were you here last week? I shared the story of the shul packed from the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov went to a shul and he said it's full of a prayer. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and every moment so we're constantly creating angels. Yeah. And our hope is that we create healthy angels. Yeah. So we can create unhealthy angels? Well, they might, you might, they might only have one wing. No, no, I mean, are they like... No, no, I'm laughing, you're, you're right, yeah. Yeah. you're right. No, but are they like a negative energy, the unhealthy angels? Almost like a devil? I mean, I don't know what else to call that. If you, the answer is you could, by doing negative things. Hmm. But by not doing, by, but by not putting everything, you're not creating bad angels, you're... Not, but you're not creating good angels. So our job is to really create good full angels. angels. Correct. Full of uh, good angels and full angels. Mm -hmm. Yes, complete full angels. angels yeah. So if we go ahead. No, I, I'm, I'm processing. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I'll share a story if you don't mind. I, I shared it last week, and I know I, I will share it again next week. But I'll share it again just for the for the context. My grandfather was uh, he wanted to get married and he would write to the previous Rebbe we remember this story I'll just share these mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll, jump, I'll jump to the crux of this story mm -hmm. next week I'm going to share it in full but because the crux was that I believe Yitzchak of Barditchev said that in heaven some angels have good hearing and there's some crippled angels that have bad hearing hmm. it's up to us what type of angel we're creating and this week is all about angels, right? In this week's Torah portion, Yaakov fights with Esau's angel. That's Yaakov. the story. Oh, is that whose angel it is? Yaakov fights with Esau's angel. Is it Yaakov's angel? That no, Yaakov physically Yaakov fights, fights with Esau's angel, and Esau's angel um, um, hurts his hip. Hurts, hurts his, his hip. Yeah. And that's how he convinces Esau to not to eventually not to kill him, right? So Yaakov winning over Esau's angel was also a, it was a physical and spiritual victory at once, right? Okay, but let's let's so we're we're learning here that angels are not just angels have two two parts to them, and to create a healthy angel, they have three parts to that to them. What's the three parts? They have the action you're doing, which is going to make the more physical part of them. Mm -hmm. They have the intention, which will give them a healthy, healthy soul. And then there is the love and fear. The love and fear are going to be the wings of the angel. Hmm. 
So you could have a healthy angel, and we're going to learn this later in the chapter. You could be completely healthy. A bird could be completely healthy without wings. So much so that in Torah law we say if an animal is unhealthy, it's trace. You can't eat it. But an a bird that doesn't have two, that its wings, it's still called a healthy, a healthy bird. It's not going to die. Just hop around on its but feet. Is it a bird, though? I mean... I guess it's feathers. It, 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 it's, it has a handicap, mm -hmm. but it's still, it's healthy. It could live a healthy life. Yeah. So again, we have the three parts. We have the action, the intention, meaning doing it for Hashem, but then we have the love and fear, which are its wings. Okay. So is, is act, if love and fear are the wings, um, is action the material... Uh, intention is spiritual? Yes, yes, exactly. That's the point. That's the point. Yes, yes. Okay. However, continues Tanya, however, on page 198, left-hand column, Torah, which is studied not for its own sake, indeed, as for example, for the purpose of becoming a scholar and the like, I am going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm going to give it all I can because I really want to become this big scholar. So now you're doing it for selfish reasons. So now it does not at all ascend on high even to the Heichalot and abodes of the angels of holiness. But it remains below in this material world, which is the dwelling place of the Klipot. That's why I said it's off the charts. Mm -hmm. it's, it's here. It's if you've done it for your own... <laughs> if you put on tefillin because you want to be able to take a picture... <laughs> that's a good, so if you put on the tefillin. But the, at, the, at the moment, it's going to stay down here. Well, there's, there's no point in... Doing it, right? There is. Just the mitzvah needs to get done. I don't care why. Do the mitzvah. That's what we learned previously in, earlier in, in Tanya. The moment you do a mitzvah, you're drawing down the essence of God into this world. It may be completely concealed. You, it may, it, Can I ask this really stupid question? You just me think, you know, all over the world, young Chabad men are asking to put filling on people mm -hmm. everywhere. If somebody asked to have their picture taken with tefillin, would they not be willing to do that? Or they would be willing. They would be willing to do that. Okay. Because, uh, why, why not? Well, the, the, the action's done. Something, something. It, it may not be, so it may not be for the best reason, but I, do the mitzvah. Just do it. Mm -hmm. As commented, let's skip the note, as commented in the Zohar on the verse. And this is what we mentioned earlier from, the, from Kohelis. <laughs> a prophet has man of all his toil when he, which he labors under the sun and as it says in note 4 with emphasis on his labor and under the sun the Zohar tells us that even with this toil of Torah you could be toiling in Torah if he does it for his own glory on the next page now then it remains under the sun so the Zohar is telling us even though the Talmud said that if you study Torah, then it's a healthy toil. But if you're studying it for your for selfish reasons, it says the Zohar, it's still under the sun. It's still going to get stuck in this world. That's what under the sun means, stuck in, in this, this world. world. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's stuck here. You're not. You're not able. To, it's not going with you anywhere. Mm -hmm. And this is also the meaning of the statement, Happy is he who comes here with his learning in his hand, which means that it was not left behind in this world below. Hmm. 
So we can, we need to do, we need to do the action. But sometimes if we don't have the right intentions, our action could get stuck here. <laughs> Any questions? Yes, please. It sounds like everything we do, every little thing, needs to be done for the right reason. For the right, you know, to be a good person, to do a good job, and whatever you do, nurse, doctor, whatever. It's not to show anybody. It's not to gain more prestige or more money or publicity. It's for the greater purpose. It's to glorify God. Right, right. So everything we do. Is yes, Every, yeah. Yes. And if we don't do it for that, it's not as high a level of... Very, very true. Very true. Let's summarize and then, and then we'll take questions. And there's one, I'll conclude with one thought. So in summary, hmm. our, the love and fear, without love and fear, our actions, our Torah and mitzvot are, could get stuck. Still do them, but, they, but it's going to get stuck. Yeah, that's a summary. Any questions on that? No. Hmm. I'll share. I'll, I'll conclude with a thought. I, I also on Sundays Baruch was here. On Sundays, I also we also learn the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. And this week, the the abridged Shulchan Aruch, the abridged Code of Jewish Law. And this week, we learned the most mundane. And, and, and almost like silly things, we learn the laws of going to the bathroom. How? What? What the Torah expects when a Jew goes to the bathroom? Very nitty gritty. <coughs> and on the one hand, it's like, whoa! Like, where, where are you going with this? Like, what, what is this? And I had people at the class. They're like, they're like, whoa! This is the Torah is not allowed to talk about these things. <laughs> but on the other hand, I want to flip. I want to flip it. How lucky we are that for the most mundane and, and, and physical needs we have, we could do a mitzvah. Mm -hmm. Just do it the Torah way. Do it because this is... We could say the Torah makes our life so tough. I can't even go to the bathroom. <laughs> or we could say... It could liberate you. <laughs> we could say every little detail of my life that I'm doing anyways well, the, the blessing after you go to the bathroom exactly. doesn't it basically say you couldn't exist without exactly so let's, let's go ahead and celebrate how many opportunities we have to connect with Hashem and if you want to say it, and yeah and be, get a reward and, and live, a, live a Torah life it's an incredible it's an incredible thought mm. that I thought has a very powerful mindset. And it, and it connects with what we're learning here, that every little deed we do, like kind of like you said, our whole day, as long as we're thinking, we could even get rewarded for serving Hashem as a Jew when we sleep. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says, just sleep like a Jew. What does it mean to sleep like a Jew? Go to sleep, to wake up the next morning, to serve Hashem. Mm. So now, the next eight hours of your life, you spent eight hours serving Hashem. Incredible thought. Mm. That is amazing. Is that a co-ed class?